God, we just pray to you right now. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move in this place. Lord, uh, your plan is perfect. And it is so amazing to me every time that we think that, uh, that, that something is not exactly right or something is off, that it is absolutely in tune with your plan. God, I thank you so much for being in control of every single thing that happens, for being in every single thing that happens on this earth, that nothing happens outside of the sovereign hand of God, that every single breath that is in our lungs, every single word that comes out of our mouth, Lord, that that you are right there in our presence and you're able to use that. God, even though that we have free choice and we have free will, God, you're able to use that, God, to, to bring about your plan. Father, I don't always understand how that works, and I don't understand how it works, that you can be completely sovereign, and you can bring healing, God, at your will and at your choice, and there are times when that healing doesn't come, but at the same time, there are times when you tell us in your word over and over again to pray for those that are sick, and Lord, I'm not sure how it lines up so that our prayers have an effect on them, but according to your word, it does. Lord, I I am overwhelmed, God, by by your mind. I, I cannot begin to grasp it. But, Lord, I am overwhelmed more so by your grace. Lord, I cannot begin to grasp it. Lord, today, as we open up your word, as we look at what you have to say to us, Lord, I I just pray that we are just in awe of who you are, that this word would would just shake us to our core. God, there are people here that need to hear from you today. I pray that they would. I pray that their ears would be open, their eyes would be open. God, they would see clearly the blood of Jesus Christ, the one that paid everything, paid everything, his very life so that they might have the kingdom of God. If they, if they would just put their trust and their faith in you, Lord, just speak now. Change our lives. May the power of this word dwell in us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. So, it is cool uh, that... Tonight's uh, a new series, okay? Uh, you see what the name of the series is? It's third and long. It's getting back up when you've been knocked down. Do you know that sometimes things don't go perfect? Sometimes things do not go the way that you plan. Sometimes, if you're living this life long enough, you're going to get knocked on your butt. Am I right? Um, I, I, I thought this was pretty cool. Today, I got knocked on my butt. Um, I'll just be honest with you. Um, I, I had a migraine when I woke up this morning. Um, I have taken, normally it takes like half of one of my migraine pills to kind of put me back on track. Sometimes I can get over the migraine with just half a pill. Today, today I took half a pill and then I took another half and then I took another half and still right now I, I have a migraine and it just will not go away. I even pulled out all the stops and went with the sonic slush, which is usually like, that's, that's the thing that fixes my migraine, but I did all of those things, and it's still there. So uh, I'm struggling a little bit. To tell you the truth, when I struggle with my migraines, my words don't always line up. So when you see me struggling tonight, you'll be like, hey, I can identify with that guy. He speaks like I do. So, you know, this is just, so if you hear me struggling today, it's all intentional. It's all so you can just, you know, I can connect with everybody else. So, you know, I don't sound like this professional orator that's able to put all these fancy words together. It's so that, that you say, you know what, that guy makes a lot of mistakes too. You know what I mean? Like, so that's the purpose of all my mistakes today. As a matter of fact, I was sitting there at lunch today with three of my friends. And, you know, when I have a migraine, my brain is working one way when my mouth works another. 
and I was looking at a staircase, and I was trying to say from here to that staircase, and I was pointing at the staircase, but I said suitcase, from here to that suitcase. And I went, no, that's not a suitcase, that's a staircase. And I said, sorry, y'all, that's my migraine talking, that's not me talking. So I really did. I got those two things mixed up, and there are some times where I can't remember things like car, like very complicated, long words like car or hat or, you know, difficult stuff like that. So um, <laughs> I really wanted to. I was so tempted with the beginning of this uh, series, and maybe we'll get it out there, um, talking about getting knocked down. Uh, so my boy Ethan... Uh, he, he's an offensive lineman for the Oxford High School Yellow Jackets, and uh, he's a senior this year, so uh, he's really pumped, and your face is really turning red right now. It's about the same color as that chair right now, but, but anyway, so Ethan, because he's a senior, uh, you know, he gets to go in later in the games, and, and they get him to do some stuff that he ordinarily wouldn't get to do, right? So this year, <laughs> he knows where I'm going with this, this year, a few games ago, the score was really high. Oxford was winning by quite a few points. So they said, hey, Ethan, you're going to run the ball. <laughs> and I wasn't there. I'm Ethan's godfather. And, and man, I would, I, I, I would have given $1,000 if I could have just been there to see Ethan run the ball. But uh, he, uh, I saw a video of Ethan. And listen, let me tell you what happened. He, okay, so there's two sides of the story. One is what's on the video, which maybe I'll be able to get it up on the screen at some point. I'm not sure. But they hand him the ball, which he didn't even know where to stand. He didn't know which side of the quarterback to stand on or anything. But anyway, so they hand him the ball. And I'm talking about this guy just barely touches him, and it's a complete decleater. Like, it was so fast, Ethan's feet were up above his, up above his head so fast. I mean, it was like, now, Ethan says that what happened was the guy never really touched him, that he just slipped is what happened. So, and if I'm not mistaken, they actually gave you a sticker for how hard you got hit. You got the, the creamed award or whatever it is. So anyway, so he actually got a sticker for how hard he got hit. So anyway, so I, I thought, man, if I could get that up on the screen, maybe before this series is over with, we'll get that little video up on the screen there. His mom's got it on her cell phone, so it'll be poor quality, but man, it'd be worth it to watch it on the big screen, wouldn't it? So, so this is obviously... You know, because I'm a guy, this, this, this is a guy series title, isn't it? Like third and long. So I have to explain that to you. So, so, some of the, the, like the young teenage girls are like, I don't really get football, you know? So I have to explain what third and long means, okay? So in football terms, and some of you older teenagers don't know what, a foot, football game, what happens in a football game either, even though some of you cheer for the football team. But anyway, so... It takes 10 yards to get a first down, okay? So, so you've got four downs to get a first down, and the first down is 10 yards, okay? So if you do not get 10 yards, you have to turn the ball over to the other team. So a lot of teams, what they will do on fourth down, if they haven't reached 10 yards, then they will punt the football. So you really want to reach 10 yards in three downs so that you don't have to punt the football, okay? Everybody got that? So, all right, so... What happens sometimes is you get knocked down. Sometimes things don't go the way that you want, want them to for the first you know, two downs, and it's third down, and you really want to make it past that yardage marker so you don't have to punt the football. Okay, that's where we are. Okay, you follow me? So it, it's third and long. It's third and 26, whatever you want to say, how many ever yards. You know, it's a long way. 
And you have got to make up a lot of ground to get past the yardage marker, right? There's a long way to go. And it looks like it's an insurmountable task. It looks like, man, this is tough. This is impossible. So in our lives, there are times when we get knocked down. We're like, man, the first, the first part of our lives are going good. Things were trucking along. And, and man, I was, I was going through school and, and I had these plans to go to college and, and I, I started in college and, and things were going good and then something happened. Maybe there's a financial issue or parents split up or, or, or there, there's something going on and, and, and you have to drop out of college and those plans get put on hold or, you know, uh, you know th- there's, there's a pregnancy that happens or, or just any number of things that go on in life and you're like, man, it looked like the first couple of downs were going good and we were going to hit that first first down, but, but now it's all of a sudden we got this setback that's going on in our lives. And now it looks like, man, it's a long way to get to where we're trying to go. It's a long way to that yardage mark. It's a long way to our goal. And you get frustrated, you get down, and it's like... Now, see, what, one thing that happens uh, on third and long is it changes your game plan, right? So if it's third and short, if it's only a few yards to go, you got, you got kind of an option. You can either... You can either kind of run the ball, because running the ball typically gets less yardage than throwing the ball, or you can kind of fake out the defense and make them think you're running the ball and actually throw the ball a short distance, right? So you got more options, and that's actually the name of a play, an option, if you got shorter distance to go. So it's nicer to have short third down yardage instead of long third down yardage where everybody goes, yeah, they got a long way to go, they're probably going to throw the ball, right? So... It also limits your plays for third down when you got a long way to go. In life, isn't that the way that it goes too? Man, to get to that goal, you know, the options aren't really what they used to be. I used to, it looked like there were a ton of options on the table. There looked like there was a, a ton of different ways I could go to try to get to where I was going. Now it looks like it's kind of honed in a little bit. And now there's just a few ways for me to be able to get to this goal. And, and how am I supposed to do that? What, what does God say about how I'm supposed to do that? How am I supposed to get there? What, what, what does God say about, about reaching that goal? And, and through this series, we just want to look at what people of God have done and, and how they have had to rely on God in order to be able to get to that goal. And, and one of the, the, the people we're going to talk about tonight is Paul, one of the heroes of the faith. He used to persecute the church, and then God used him to actually rescue the church and write two-thirds of the New Testament and, like, all these, these things that he goes around starting churches we're actually going to talk about in the book of Acts, uh, where he is on his first missionary journey, is what they call it, where he's going around starting up churches, and, and, and he's reached this, place, this area called Galatia, and he's, we're going to talk about this one place that he's in, and we're going to talk about one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Completely selfishly, I chose this passage of Scripture because I love to preach it. I, I think it is so cool. I, I've told you about it before. I, I probably preached it once or twice before. I don't know. But I, I picked this because it, it, it's so fun to preach for me. So in Acts um, chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas are, are wandering around under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It's important for us to recognize that they are, they are following the Holy Spirit. As, as the Holy Spirit leads them, that's where they go. I'm going to talk about it a little bit here. Let's begin in verse 8 of chapter 14. It says, while they were in Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came up to a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he never walked. He was sitting and listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized that he had faith to be healed. 
Now, Paul and Barnabas are walking around. As the Holy Spirit leads them from one town to the next, they go. And there will be times, and you'll see this in the book of Acts, oftentimes they'll say the Holy Spirit prevented us from going to this town. And the Holy Spirit sent us to this town. And, and it's so cool when I read that, I'm like, I want my life to be like that. Like, like, I just go according to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever done that in your life? I mean, really, like got up one morning, sat in your car and say, all right, Holy Spirit, lead me. Have you ever done that? I mean, seriously, have you ever prayed, God, I want you to take me somewhere today that I might be able to minister some, to somebody with your gospel to tell them the truth of your word, to be able to reach somebody with the gospel of Christ, show me where to go. Earnestly get down on your face before God and say, all right, God, this is in your hands. I know that that I've told you a million times that when I try to preach a message under my own abilities, it is a total wreck. But if I get down on my face before God and say, Holy Spirit, you have got to speak to these people. Because I can prepare all day long and I have, man, this is going to, this is going to just reach out and grab somebody and shake them up. And I get up here and I'll, I'll be like just pouring it out, you know, and I'm like fist pumping and all that. And everybody's just sitting there going, huh? Like, I don't get it. But there'll be times when I've just got out on my face before God and said, God, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what's going to come out of it. It doesn't even really make sense to me. God, you're going to have to figure this out. And, and I get up here and I start babbling and all of a sudden you see tears pouring down people's face and you're like, whoa, what's, what's going on? You know, like, how is that happening? <laughs> you know, I, I could have prepared for 18 days and never gotten that kind of response. But, but here I am, I'm up here a babbling idiot just seeking the face of God and it's, it's shaking somebody to their core, you know? And, and Paul and Barnabas, that's what they're doing. They're just following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. God, take us where you want us to be. It takes them to this town of Lystra, and there they are. Um, they're, they're, they're sitting there, and Paul's like preaching. And he, I mean, so if you're really in tune with the Holy Spirit, Paul, I mean, this is an indication of how in tune with the Holy Spirit he is. Paul, looking straight at this man, realized he had the faith to be healed. Have you ever been looking at somebody and say, you know what? That crippled person has the faith to be healed. Have you ever been that in tune with the Holy Spirit? I know I haven't. I mean, I haven't like, like just, just seen that in somebody. Like, that person's got the faith to be healed. But these guys were walking so in tune with the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand something, too. That, that, that these, these gifts that God had given them to be able to, to heal people, these gifts to be able to recognize this, was, was, was something that they had that was really, really in my opinion... There's a lot of debate about this, about whether or not this is still real or, or if, if, if healing still happens in the same way or not or if it's, if it's a different kind of thing now and all this kind of stuff. I want you to understand that these people, what they had was the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of, of these physical healings and stuff like that was actually showing everybody that the power that they had was actually coming from God. What we have now is we have the Word of God. You see, understand that the New Testament was being written at this point in time. They weren't carrying around books like this that had all of these details about all these stories that point towards Jesus. These were guys that, that all they had was these stories about a man who lived in Israel, who was an Israelite, that died for their sins. And they're like, 
okay, well, how do I believe that, you know? And they would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and they would be able to see these people that, that needed healing and be able to heal them in a way that was supernatural, and that gave credit to their message that they were conveying. What gives credit to the message that we're conveying now is the work of the Holy Spirit in each of you as we're reading God's Word, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and showing you that it is real showing you the truth of God through his word, the Holy Spirit working in conjunction with his word, revealing that it is true. And Paul realizes this man has a faith to be healed, so Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man stood, jumped to his feet and started walking. That's cool, y'all. Paul's sitting there preaching. I mean, can you imagine? I'm, I'm up here preaching one day. Somebody rolls up in a wheelchair, and I go, hey, you in the back, stand up. They don't stand up, they jump up. That's what this guy did. He didn't stand up, he jumped up. Wow. He obviously had some faith. Am I right? If this guy who is preaching the truth of God is speaking to you in such a way that all he has to do is look at you, connect eyes with you, lock eyes with you, and say, stand up, and what do you do? You jump he jumps. I tell you what, when that happens in a church service, people are going to take notice. Am I right? Now, you, you can say all day long, man, I've seen this happen in this church service, that church service. Truth is, uh, do I believe that God can heal people in that way? Absolutely. Uh, time will tell. If, if some of those healings are real, if they're not, time will tell. Time will reveal if, if that's a show, if that's for show, or if that's real, if it's the power of God working, time will tell. This man jumps to his feet and started walking. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their own dialect. You've got to understand this is something that Paul and Barnabas don't understand. These men are gods in human form. This is one of the reasons I like this passage, because I think it's kind of funny. You know me, I like, I like humor in the Bible, and I think this is pretty hilarious. Paul and Barnabas are sitting there. This guy got up, and the, the guy jumps up, and what happens? Everybody starts yelling. I bet Paul and Barnabas are like, yeah, that's pretty good. Now, they don't know what they're yelling, but they start shouting in their own dialect, and Paul and Barnabas are kind of like, yeah, that's good. I wonder what they're yelling. You know, like, I bet it's really interesting if we knew what they were talking about. And then it takes a turn on them. These men are gods in human form. Huh? Pardon? What? Come again? They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now, the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town, so the priest of the temple and the crowd brought bulls and wreaths of flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifice to the apostles. Now, the reason this happened is in this particular town, there was folklore that, that, that revolved around this where Zeus and Hermes come into town and start performing miracles and healing people. So <laughs> what happens? These two guys show up. They start preaching. One guy says, stand up. This guy who's been lame from birth, they all know it. He jumps up and starts walking around. Well, Zeus and Hermes have just showed up again, you know, like the Greek gods are here, y'all. Like, let's throw a party. Let, you know, the, 
We got the temple out there. Zeus and Hermes are going to be stoked that we built a temple to them. We're, we're, we're going to like, we're going to, we got a wreath full of flowers. And, and, you know, we're going to take a bull out there. It, y'all, we're going to have a shindig outside, outside near the temple because Zeus and Hermes have showed up and they're here. And, and, and I bet Paul and Barnabas, can you imagine the look on their face? So, so I mean, I, I wasn't there, y'all, obviously. This is quite a while back. But anyway, so, so they, they start looking around. These guys are all shouting. They don't really understand what's going on. They all think that they're gods. And, and they start, they got a bull out. They got like a wreath out. And they start heading outside the, the city gates. They're going outside to the temple. What's going on? <laughs> what, what, what are y'all doing? Y'all come back. I was just getting started, you know? Like, I, I have some more to tell you about this Jesus guy. It's just, it, it, the story gets better. Like, you know, I, I just got started and I stopped and this guy got healed and that was great, but there's more to tell of the story. Y'all don't leave yet. I don't know what y'all are doing with that bull, but like, come back. But... When, when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard what was happening, they tore their clothes in dismay and dismayed and ran out among the, the people shouting. So they're like, I guess they get somebody. Like, hey, what, what are y'all talking about? You know, like, can, can somebody fill me in? I'd like to know what's going on here. They go, hey, they think y'all are gods. Huh? Yeah, see, they think you're Zeus and Hermes. And uh, they want to sacrifice a bull to you, and they want to worship you. And Paul and Barnabas, now, now me, okay, I, I'm selfish. Somebody says that they want to worship me, I go, maybe I'll let this play out for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I got an extra 15 minutes. Surely we can just see what happens. I mean, I'm at least curious, you know. But Paul and Barnabas, being more holy and godly than I am, you know, they're like, oh, they start freaking out. I mean, that's what it says in the Greek. So uh, this is... They, they tore their clothes in dismay and ran out among the people. So, you know, when they tear their clothes, it's like a, a sign of like they're, they're, they're freaking out, like they're, they're in mourning. You tear your clothes, you know, you throw dust on your head, all that kind of stuff when, when, you're, when you're in mourning, all that kind of stuff. So they're, they're really freaking out. Friends, why are you doing this? They, 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 they don't want the credit. I mean, they're very godly people. We are merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to the living God who made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. In the past, he, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, but he never left them without evidence of himself and his goodness. And, and he, he, he starts to, he, I mean, he's starting to point the direction away from him and Barnabas, obviously. One of the things I want you to know is that if you walk in the Spirit of God, if you, if you truly walk with God and, and the Holy Spirit of God is leading you, you have to make yourself less and make God more. You must decrease so that he can increase. If you're truly going to tune into his Holy Spirit, you must let your voice be quiet. You cannot let pride swell up. If you let pride swell up, whose voice will you be listening to? You'll be listening to your own voice and not the voice of the Holy Spirit. You have to crush your own voice in order to be able to tune in closely to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And here, these men are doing exactly that. They're saying, look, you've got to understand, this has come from the power of God, the one who made heaven and earth. In the past, he, 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 they, they start talking about, the, the, he permitted the nations to go their own way. So he, he's talking about Gentiles. You know, he, He's pointing out that they're, 
These Gentile nations, they, they were able to go their own ways. And, 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 and the, these gods that you used to worship, man, that's all worthless now. It says, for instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. He's like, this doesn't come from Zeus and Hermes. You're wasting your time going out and sacrificing it at this altar, at this temple. You, you would be wasting your time to come and sac- just as much as you'd be wasting your time coming and sacrificing at the feet of mere humans. It's pointless. It's worthless. I didn't do it. I can't bring rain. I can't feed your crops. There's only one who can. But even with these words, Paul and Barnabas could not scarcely restrain the people from sacrificing to them. They're crying out to these people. They're tearing their clothes, man. They're going, what are you guys doing? It's it's not about us. It's not about us. And I, I think, in a way, this, this, this is kind of a low moment. So, so, so Paul and Barnabas, they just had a quarterback sack on, on first down, you know. And, and, and they're, about, they're about to get a big penalty on second down, okay. I'm telling you right now. And they're about to have a serious third and long. So it, it gets bad. They're sharing the gospel. It looks like it's going good, like right? So it looks like it's starting out good. This man got healed. They're explaining the power of God, the good news of the gospel. It looks like it's going good. Then immediately it turns bad. And then it gets even worse. Boy, the story of my life in some, some days. You know, you ever feel like that? Man, it looks like, oh, this is going to be a good God day. You know what I mean? Like the Holy Spirit is right here with me. Like I feel like I could fly. And then what happens, like, somebody cuts you off before you even, like, get out of the driveway, you know, and you're like, oh, you know, sacked on first down. How does this happen, you know? Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds on their side. I mean, they got to be pretty persuasive, right? These people were worshiping Paul and Barnabas as gods, Now these Jews arrive, and they turn the people away from worshiping these people who were gods to now the other direction. It says they stoned Paul and dragged him out of town thinking he was dead. They stoned Paul to the point of death. That's a real bad day. He, he, I mean, imagine you're there. I mean, imagine all this has happened, has transpired. They, they, they just got done like trying to worship you, and you're telling them no, and you're so upset, and you're like, oh, it was going to be so good with this guy getting, getting healed, and, and, and all these people are going to come to faith in Christ because I was going to explain it all to them. And, and now these people show up and turn everybody against them, and now Paul is stoned to the point it is so bad he looks like he's dead. He, he, looks, he has been beaten with the stones to the point where he is like unrecognizable as a, an alive person. That, that means you've suffered greatly when they can't tell if you're dead or alive. So what do they do? They drag him out of town. Hey, he's dead. Let's get his body out of here. We're done. Now, how quickly these people kind of change their minds, right? It's the evidence of of a misguided people, a lost people, right? The reason why Paul was there in the first place. The people who have no regard for human life. Like you go from worshiping a God, somebody they thought to be a God, 
a few minutes ago to now stoning them to death. Very little regard for human life. So they drag him out of town. It's his butt. There's always the butt, right? But, so it's, it's definitely third and long, right? Long way to go to get to the goal where we're going. It says, but the believers gathered around him. Believers gathered around him. I can imagine they're looking down at Paul, thinking, man, this, this may be the last time we see him. They gathered around him thinking he's dead. They gathered around him probably praying, probably lifting up Paul in the name of Christ. They gathered around him, and he got up. He got up. He went from looking like he was dead to getting up. The power of God revealed in this man in the beginning of the story, somebody had been lame from birth, and he stood up. He said, Paul said, stand up, and the man jumped to his feet. Here, we've got the power of God evident in Paul's very life. The, the, it's gone 180 degrees now, and it's back on Paul, and Paul's the one that's got to get up. That everything's stacked against him now, and, and, and these believers gather around him, and, and, and maybe, I don't know, but maybe somebody in that, in that group said, hey, stand up. Hey, Paul, stand up. But all I know is this, is he got up. Boy, he's in a bad situation. Uh, it, it doesn't look good for these people that he came to witness to, does it? They have stoned him to the point of death, drug him out of the town. He just got back up. And where does he go? He got up and went back into the town. Now, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, that's third down and long. And I'm going, hey, I just got stoned. I think I'll stay here and chill out outside the town for a little while. Maybe I'll take a breather. Maybe I'll just take a nap or two. You know, maybe I'll sleep outside the town for a little while, and then I'll go back in the town if I'm really bold. Because you know what? Inside the town, they want to kill me. Inside the town, they want to destroy me. These are lost people that don't understand anything. They have no regard for human life. They just tried to kill me. But they're lost. But they're lost. I think, I think probably the same thing happened in, in his heart, is that, that the Holy Spirit of God was just dwelling, just, just rich in his heart. You know, but, but these are lost people. These are people that don't understand. These are people that don't get it. So where did he go? Because it's not about Paul anymore, is it? It's about the gospel, and it's about those people. In your life, you're going to have times in your life where you're going to feel like, man, the goal is way out there, that there's no way I'm going to be able to reach it, that, 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 that it just looks like it's an insurmountable task to get where I've got to go. Man, I've just been taken back and taken back, penalty, sacks. It's just like everything... I, we're, we're losing yardage in life, and I don't know what's going on. Two things I want to tell you from this story. One is that, that Paul followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit. If you think that you're going to get through life 
apart from the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be smooth sailing, and, and you're actually going to have uh, God on your side and be able to walk in the presence of God and be able to walk in the leadership of God and, and, and have the Holy Spirit over here, you're completely wrong. You have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, walking in, in step with the Holy Spirit if you're really going to get to the place that you need to be. But that place that you need to be, you have to figure that out. And I want you to figure it out in this way. Look beyond yourself. Look beyond your goal. Look beyond your first down marker. Look beyond where it is that you think you're supposed to get to and see where it is that God would have you to get to. His goal line, his finish line may be a lot different than what you picture in your mind. You may have an idea in your mind about what it is that you're supposed to do, but God's plan for your life, it may look completely different. You may think it's, it's third and 26, and it could be third and 36. It could be third and 56, or it could be third and six. But you've got to look beyond yourself. And here, what is Paul doing? He's putting himself aside and saying, you know what matters? The gospel of Christ matters. What God wants for my life is what matters. He dusts himself off, and he goes back into the town. Do you think that Paul went back into that town and didn't say a word about the gospel? I don't think he did. I bet he went back in there. I mean, can you imagine the guy that you stoned to death? They drug him out of town, and now he comes walking back in there. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a seat and hear what he has to say. I'm going to say, you know what? That dude's pretty tough. I'm going to listen to him. I believe he went in there. And, and, I, and I, believe that the, I believe what he did. It says right here. Look what it says. It says, the next day he left and went to, he, he left with Bar, Barnabas and went to Derby. The reason I think that, that he, he stayed overnight is because he had to finish preaching. I think he went back into town and probably finished his message. And instead of, you know what, hanging out there a few days, instead of chilling out and, and taking a rest and saying, you know what, I almost died today. You know what he does? Gets up the next day and walks 20 miles to Derby. God's goal for him that day was really just back inside the town, right? He had been drugged outside the town because they had stoned him nearly half to death at the point where they thought he was dead. You know, you know and, and, and I'm sure that, that if, if he would have looked selfishly inwardly at, at what was going on with him, he probably would have stayed outside and said, you know what, I just need to be here for a little while. I need, to, I need to rest for a little while. I need to just recuperate for a little while so that I can go and do whatever God's called me to do. But instead, he said, you know what matters beyond me? My own physical condition is those lost people inside there that don't understand this good news that I've been trying to tell them, that don't really understand what it is that Christ has to offer them, that don't really understand this God that created the heavens and the earth, the one that creates the rain and the crops that, that, that grow. They don't understand that that comes from the one true God. they got to know. I've got to go back in. And that day, he saw the, the finish line was just right back inside the city walls, right back inside the town. But you know what? Paul walking in tune with the Holy Spirit. The next day, the yardage marker had moved. And it had moved to the town of Derby. And he walked in accordance to the Holy Spirit. As God had told him that the Derby was the next place for him, I believe that that's where 
Paul went. I believe that that was his next destination. I believe that that was his next goal because that's where the Holy Spirit of God led him. My question for you is this, and, and students, as you meet in your small groups tonight for just a few minutes, I want you to ask yourself this. One is that have you ever been knocked down? You ever felt like you were kind of taken out to the point where you didn't think you could get back up? Taken out to the point where you thought, you know what, there's not a lot of hope that I'm going to get to where I'm going. And you can talk about that, and that's okay to talk about that. But I want you to talk about also the destination you think you have in your life, where it is you think that you're going. And ask yourself honestly, is that the destination that God has in mind for me or is that the destination I have in mind for me? And then maybe you need to pray in your small group and, and say, all right, God, where is it you'd have me to go? Where is it that, that, that the yardage marker is in my life? Is it where I think that it is or is it, is it somewhere else? Is it closer than I think it is or further away? Maybe it's not as far away as I think that it is. Maybe I haven't had these setbacks that I think. Maybe it's actually closer than I think. Whatever the case may be, ask yourself, God, is, I pray that your Holy Spirit would show me. Show me where the goal line is. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for the testimony of Paul and Barnabas. The fact that they just went around and they, they started churches and, and just created elders and and they went around and started these churches so that your gospel could be preached. Lord, I thank you for the fact that they went around in these places. And no matter what your spirit led them to do, they would do it. They would do it in obedience to you. The struggle we have in our churches today, I think, is that we just aren't doing things in obedience to you. We do it out of obligation. We do it because we think that that's what we're supposed to do. God, we make up our own goal lines. We make up our own first down yard markers. And Lord... We're not looking to you. We're not looking to the Holy Spirit to show us exactly where it is we're supposed to go. We do the same thing in our relationships, our friendships, and people closest to us. God, we're not seeking you in that. We've made up our minds about what we're supposed to do and where we're supposed to be. But God, I pray. I pray that you would reveal yourself to us. God, and I pray that if it takes some setbacks in our life for us to realize that we need to look to you for the goals that you have set for our lives, for the places that we're supposed to be, God, I pray that you would do that in our lives. You would do whatever it takes. God, even if that means to wreck us so that we might be able to see where we're supposed to go. God, some people in this place, they've been wrecked. They've been taken down and they've had setback after setback after setback and they think that the goal that has been set for them is unattainable. They think that they'll never get there. Lord, I pray that they would recognize that they can get there with the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within them. If they do not have that Holy Spirit within them, I pray that they would ask God, that they would come and say, Jesus, rescue me, save me from myself, save me from my sin. God, install your Holy Spirit into my heart so I might be able to walk with him. He might sanctify me and continue to grow me closer to Christ, that I might be able to tune into him every single day of my life and walk where he would have me to go. God, I pray that those people that feel like they've had setback after setback after setback, Lord, I pray that they would see your glory in their lives. Lord, that they would seek your face right now. God, that you would rescue them and show them that, God, you still are using them. You've got a plan for their life. Lord, may you be glorified in this time as we respond to you. God, I pray that you speak and I pray that we listen. I pray that we obey and we respond according to your Holy Spirit and that you would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.